Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm... Good afternoon. Um, my name is Mark Nelson, and... Um, I'm introducing the speaker today, uh, Dr. Uh, Raj Sherman, and also um, speaking will be um, uh, Dr. David Swan. Um, I'll just get over a few housekeeping things first. Uh, the cost of the lunch is $11. I'd like to thank the sponsors, the U of L, uh, Shaw TV, and the Lethbridge Herald. Um, Dr. Swan was the um, previous um, head of the Liberal Party in Alberta, and Dr. Sherman, who has not arrived yet, is the is the present um, leader. Um, what year were you elected? First in '04. Okay, you, uh, so you came on in '04, and you were leader from. Okay, so from uh, 2008 to 2010, Dr. Swan was the leader, and um, I'll hand the mic over to him and let him go. Well, unaccustomed as I am to public speaking, I will say a few words. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak a bit as we wait for Raj to have interviews. He's just having a couple of interviews outside. Let me say how impressed I am with the turnout on a public discussion. Uh, I was saying to people earlier that we wouldn't see any more than this in Calgary at a public event discussion. So you folks are obviously caring a lot about this place, about this province, about our future, our collective future, and the political nature of uh, decision-making that we all have to be party to or we contribute to a lack of thoughtful discussion and debate and a better way forward. So I commend you for staying engaged in the issues. Um, I know you'll have questions and comments after our discussion. I spoke a month ago in Lethbridge on the issue of urban drilling. We've taken a position that it is not appropriate uh, where there's sour gas involved, especially uh, to uh, drill in urban areas. Uh, that it should be a municipal decision if they do allow drilling, and in some cases it's s probably fairly safe, especially if sour gas is not involved, hydrogen sulfide, but that ultimately it's the local people that should make decisions about their own development. And uh, Lethbridge people have spoken very clearly, very loudly, very consistently, that this is not in your long-term best interest. So uh, we are quite happy to support that and we would, if government, we would ensure that that was a decision that was no longer taken by Alberta Energy. It would be taken by municipal governments, your duly elected uh, representatives. Currently, as you may know, the municipal government is called a subset of the provincial government or a creature of the provincial government under the Municipal Government Act. That is not an appropriate way to refer to the relationship between a mature municipal elected council who has tremendous uh, responsibilities and authority 
and the provincial government, which has its own set of responsibilities and authority. And one of the things that I'm sure Dr. Sherman will comment on is our commitment to another change to the Municipal Government Act, which would have to do with big city charters. Municipal governments that have significant populations and have to provide services to areas well beyond the city have to be given uh, extraordinary uh, authority and powers beyond what the average town or small city would be expected to deal with. Because of the extra infrastructure challenges, recreation challenges, social challenges, uh, the, the standard approach to all municipal governments is not appropriate in Alberta. And we're calling for a big city charter that would recognize some of the extra demands on cities and, uh, and unique from uh, the smaller areas in the community. So those are two areas that we've felt very strongly about and been hammering at for some time. And I think uh, it's hard to believe that there will be much change on any of these fronts for the next six months at least because we have a government in disarray, a government without a leader, really, without an elected leader. So none of us expect very much change in some of these major areas until after they get a new leader, uh, establish a new budget in March of 2015, and many of us would not be surprised to see an election call in 2015, even though it's been legislated for the last three years that only in uh, extraordinary circumstances would we not have an election every four years. So I see our fearless leader, Raj Sherman, is here. Welcome, Raj. I'm just filling in for you. Uh, but uh, I'll turn, it turn the mic back to our MC, uh, and he can tell us what uh, the next steps are. Thank you again very much for showing up and being part of uh, what needs to be a healthy debate and discussion around the future of this, this city. Hey, Dr. Sherman's here. Um, uh, he was voted one of the 50 most influential Albertans by, all, uh, by um, Venture Magazine. In addition to his duties as a liberal leader, he also practices medicine on the weekends um, and uh, is a clinical lecturer at the University of Alberta. Um, I think I'll just let Dr. Sherman go. And thank you. How is everyone? Mr. Thank you so much. First, I please accept my humblest apologies for my tardiness. I uh, we we sort of got lost at the University of Lethbridge, leaving the university. I'd like to introduce you to Ian Birch. He's my assistant. Uh, please walk, uh, give Ian a round of applause. And Dr. Swan, thank you, uh, David, so much for joining me. We're, we're tag-teaming today. Now, uh, Mark, how much time do I have for the presentation question and answer? Uh, for the presentation, you've got about 25 minutes. Okay. And question and answer, half You know what? We'll try to shorten the presentation up. First of all, uh, I'd like to start by saying... Uh, how wonderful it is to live in the best province and the best country in the world. This is the best place in the world. I know because I was born somewhere else in the world and I, and I grew up in British Columbia and I came here as a young person. Uh, we have wonderful people. This is such a wonderful province. 
Now, part of a presentation, um, we say we have a strong economy here in Alberta, a very strong economy, uh, despite government policies. But really the, the, the question is, what good is a strong economy if we don't have a strong society? Alberta right now has the highest high school dropout rate in the country. One of the lowest post-secondary participation rates in the country. Our seniors, those who have built this wonderful province and country, I simply believe they need to be treated with more dignity and respect. That's what a moral society does. I believe you should get better access to high-quality health care. It is actually world-class once you get in, but the waits are too long. I believe with such a good economy, we should actually also balance the books and get you good public services and save money for the future. That's exactly what Premier Law he did years ago. He was an honest man who cared for the people, offered a vision to transform this province. And I believe it is that time for us to change our government and transform this province once again. Now, we have... Uh, the second issue I'd like to talk about is um, Lethbridge. We don't need a task force. We don't need a study. We need to ban urban drilling right here in Lethbridge now. Who would agree with me? The Alberta Liberals are calling for a ban uh, in urban areas. Uh, no drilling in urban areas. No new drilling moving forward. Uh, the sour gas wells, uh, this sour gas, if it escapes, it kills. It hurts people. Your property values, uh, your home is your biggest investment. And this is a time many, many families, especially seniors, have seen their investments melt in the markets and you're not getting the pensions you ought to get and you can't have your property value devaluate. It's going to lead you into poverty. 30, this Lethbridge is a wonderful city. It's growing. And your mayor and town council, your city planners, need to be able to plan a city. You can't take 23 square, square miles and say, we're sorry, you can't develop around here. So for those reasons, the Alberta Liberals said, if we are ever given the opportunity and the privilege of governing this province, there will be no urban drilling in Lethbridge moving forward. So. A third issue of the presentation, we have a budget right now that we're debating in the legislature, and uh, David and I will be back in there on Monday morning. And the budget uh, basically is one of the most fundamental uh, duties of the government to forecast money coming in, money being spent, how do we provide the public services we need. So we took all the budgets in the last 10 years, we put them into a slideshow. This is to inform the citizens what's happening. So... You need to be informed, and you need to talk amongst yourself to your friends and neighbors. I will do my absolute best to leave any partisan politics out uh, in the presentation. I just want to focus on facts. So uh, our presentation is called Where Did Our Money Go? Now, as I said, we want to focus on a strong economy and a strong society because we simply believe Albertans deserve both. Now, what's wrong with Alberta's finances? We have some people saying we have a revenue problem. Some saying we have a spending problem. Some who say we have mismanagement problem. Some say all of the above. I'd like you to draw the conclusion after you're given the presentation. 
Now, having been in government and in the legislature, there's something called political election cycles. You generally find before the election, uh, the current government will, and most governments across the country or the world, in democratic countries, will promise you the world before an election uh, because they want to win an election. And recently, uh, I took the liberty of going after the last uh, budgets here. We were forecasting an $8 billion surplus in 2008, but the day after the election, there was a true collapse in the international economy. There was, in oil and gas. So decisions were made. Then we had some cautious times. And in 2012, we called it a fudget budget because we felt the government overestimated the price of oil and energy. Uh, we felt they overpromised before the last election. Uh, to the citizens. The day after the election, we had the bitumen bubble issue, and suddenly uh, we got some of the most drastic cuts in post-secondary education, in K-12, cuts to seniors programs. Uh, all the promises were broken the day after the election. Yet, the economy has been very strong. You can't blame the international economy. economy didn't fall in 2009. Alberta economy was very good. This last budget, we call it the over-under budget. Uh, it's the cautious budget. Uh, over in that we believe average citizens are overtaxed and overfeed and overfined, and under in that we feel that average citizens are underserviced by their government. And uh, we'll I'll give you the facts and evidence shortly. Will we have an election in 2015 when a new leader is elected? We may. And uh, the question is, will this be the, hey, we're going to buy you back budget? This is part of the problem. There are unstable, uh, unpredictable funding for core programs because there's something called political election cycles. This is a major problem with those who run our universities, our health system, our seniors programs, and our school system. These folks need stable, predictable funding, three- to five-year cycles. Our municipal leaders probably need five- to ten- to twenty-year cycles of predictable funding to build infrastructure. Now, the economy is great. Here are the facts. Our province is not growing older, so know that we should not be blaming the seniors because we're a younger province. Everyone's working as much as they can. Our income is the highest, and oil is high. This is as good as it gets. The economic circumstance today is what any policymaker would love to have. Here are the facts. What's happening on the society side of things? As you know, uh, seniors' drug program has been cut by 25%. We need to cover the drugs of seniors who can't afford them, not to cut the funding. If seniors don't get their drugs, you're going to end up back in hospital. I know, because I have to work again on Sunday. You need to be able to get your drugs. We need a provincial drug program. Home care, long-term care has all been privatized, for the most part, or increasingly privatized. 70% of Alberta's home care has been outsourced to two interior corporations. Not only is it the, there the pro, when you have cost of home care plus profit, that's the price. So our price is going up and our quality is going down. So the acute care system is being used as a default for failed privatized home care and long-term care. The education cuts, the attacks on frontline workers, uh, unconstitutional uh, legislation, Bill 4546, contravened the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, Section 2B and 2C, freedom of speech and uh, uh, the, the bargaining rights that they have. 
And we've deferred most of the maintenance of the roads and the schools and the hospitals and the bridges. There's billions of dollars of deferred maintenance and infrastructure that should have been built a decade or a decade and a half ago. On top of this, we're actually going into debt. We're actually going into debt despite the fact that government services are being cut. So where did our money go? Now here's the price of oil. It goes up and down. Last year's budget, uh, the Premier said they didn't see it coming. Everyone sees it coming. <laughs> it goes up and down. That's the fact. You can't budget based on an unstable, non-renewable resource. That, that's, that's not how you deliver core programs. All right, the top line, okay, there are three prices of oil. One is the North Sea Brent price, which is top price. Then there's the West Texas Intermediate. Then there's the Western Canada Select price. That's the Alberta price of oil. So the top price is Alberta price of oil. The bottom line is the differential between Western Canada Select and West Texas Intermediate. The issue isn't what the differential, which was the bitumen bubble. The issue is what's the price of Western Canada Select? But I would say the real issue is we shouldn't depend on the price of a barrel of oil to educate our children and care for our sick and elderly. The government says, oh, it's the oil. We're saying no. It's the fact that you're relying on unstable, non-renewable resources to fund core programs. Premier Lahi didn't budget this way. And the Alberta Liberals would not budget this way either. So we said, let's look at our, at our savings. I'm on the Heritage Saving Trust Fund Committee. The primary mandate is to save non-renewable resource revenue and to grow it. That's the mission. Well, the blue line is absolute dollars. Uh, now on the left, you'll see Premier Lougheed started the fund. Look at the rate of growth, because they put 30% away every year, right off the bat. So they had to live within their means, and they used taxation dollars to pay for core programs. That's how you had savings. Now, we plugged that in. We said, you have to account for, for inflation. Accounting for inflation is a red line. That trust fund is worth, uh, oh gosh, about $7 billion today. Less than half of what it was when we put it in. Norway put away $900 million, And they started in ninety-six. Oh, $900 billion, sorry. Billion, that's right. So after a quarter century of back-breaking work, well, for many of you, after a lifetime of back-breaking work, what do we have to show for it? Not much. So let's look at our revenues. We took the budget for the last 10 years and put everything onto a slide where revenues come from. At the top is total government revenue on an annual basis. Uh, as you can see, it sort of goes up and down a bit, and it's been on the upswing lately. On the bottom, you see the purple line. That's the non-renewable resource revenue, which is unstable. The bottom line is the Heritage Saving Trust Fund, the return. Uh, the market dipped, so it dipped. We shouldn't rely on unstable sources of revenue. All other sources of revenue are taxes, uh, federal transfers, corporate taxes, personal income taxes, and the sin taxes. The blue line is personal income taxes. Buried in the middle is that uh, uh, burgundy line, which is corporate taxes. Those are all stable sources of revenue over a 10-year stream. We said, well, prior to 2001, we examined the tax structure. We had a progressive income tax, which is 44% of the federal tax bracket. 
So we were told that you're going to save a billion and a half dollars a year in taxes, going to a flat tax. And they did increase the basic personal exemption. So we plugged in the numbers, we go, my gosh, the tax rate used to be 7.48% for the low-income Albertans and 12.76% for the high-income Albertans. They cut my taxes, but they raised your taxes. Any rich folks in the room? <laughs> Any comfortable folks in the room? Maybe it's just me and David, but the rest of you, your taxes actually were increased. So the, tax, the flat tax was actually a tax increase for the majority of Albertans. Corporate taxes were 15.5%, they're 10%. Small business tax was 6%, it's 3%. We have a royalty holiday, 1% royalty is all being paid, and that holiday is expiring this year. There will be a lot of royalty revenue coming in. From 2014, the prediction is, it might be in excess of $5 billion, $7 billion, we don't know, after 2016, of royalty revenue. There's a lot of money coming in. Alberta is very competitive on taxes. Very competitive. And I think we should be. It's good business. So we thought we'd compare our tax structure to British Columbia's. We took BC's tax structure. They increased their basic personal exemption. Now the red line is the Alberta flat tax. The blue line is the BC progressive income tax. We go, my gosh, Albertans actually, Albertans earning less than $125,000 a year are actually paying more income tax in Alberta than British Columbians are. Does that bother you? They actually increase their taxes. So the Alberta Liberals are going to be running on tax cuts next, next election. <laughs> We're going to, I'm going to cut your taxes. What about the wealthy? Now, now, David, the Alberta Liberals are not against success and wealth. We are just against poverty. It's okay to be wealthy, but you don't become wealthy without a lot of hard work and average people working for you without good public education, public roads, and a public health system, I should pay more tax. I want to pay more tax. And the Gerald Cateses of the world should pay more tax as well. Would you, so who supports progressive income tax policy and cutting taxes on you? Hands up. Who, who wants to keep flat tax? I like you guys. Well, let's look at tax competitiveness. It's a conservative mantra. And by the way, I believe we should be competitive on taxes. So we took the evidence from all across the country. Now, on the left is British Columbia. Per citizen, we pay about $2,800 less in tax per citizen in Alberta. And BC is the second lowest tax jurisdiction. If we had their tax structure, we would tax $12 billion more. would come into government revenues. And we would still be competitive. Quebec is on the far right. I think they tax way too much. The darling of conservative politics in the country is Premier Brad Wall in Saskatchewan. Well, if we had their tax structure, it'd be about $3,600 more per citizen. I don't think we should even tax anywhere close to BC. But I think there's a modest, just a modest adjustment in taxes where we need to stabilize our revenue stream in the government. But that requires leadership. We... Well, Alberta is right here. Alberta is at zero. So Alberta is in the corner, and BC taxes that much more per, per citizen, whether it's sales tax or income tax or corporate tax. So Alberta is at the bottom left-hand corner. We are so competitive, it's actually been a race to the bottom. 
And that's why we're so reliant on the non-renewable resource revenue that fluctuates. This is the problem with whoever the premier of the government is going to be, whichever party, they're going to face this problem. An unstable revenue stream. And every economist, by the way, every economist at the economic summit says you have to have political courage and leadership to talk, to talk revenue. I want to move on. Any questions up until now? The pictures are good? Okay, I want to talk about spending. So we took all the spending. Now, education, healthcare, and human services. Uh, and then there's the blue one is innovation and advanced education. So education combined is about 13 billion. Or sorry, about, uh, oh gosh, no, about 10 billion. So it's basically education, social services, and healthcare. I talk about healthcare a lot. Uh, one, because I am a physician. Two, I was in government as part of managing it. But three, it's, a most, it's the highest spending issue. We put it into a graph. Well, look at healthcare spending. Look at education spending. It's been flatlined since 2008. And these are absolute dollars. And then there's social services. The other ministries aren't the spending issue. Okay, the top line is the blue line. That's the healthcare line. The burgundy line is the education line. Now, the third line is social services, age, homelessness, uh, seniors. We go. If there's any economists in the crowd, you have to account for inflation. If you actually account for inflation, education has actually been cut since 2008. Now, because they changed how they budget, we can't plug the numbers in. Because nobody understands the new budgeting procedure from C.D. Howe to the Auditor General. So we couldn't plug the last two years' numbers in because we, we don't know what the numbers are. But the biggest cutback in education was delivered at the tail end of that tail in education at a time when it was population growth and inflation. I'm going to fly a little bit faster. Here's healthcare expenditures over a 40-year time span and education. Look at that line in healthcare. We were told healthcare was unsustainable by Premier Klein on the far left. Look what happened after the decisions they made in healthcare. Now, we said, well, what happened? In healthcare, the rest of the country uh, didn't build hospitals. We started building hospitals after we closed them and blew them up. The rest of the country uh, invested in seniors. Alberta cut seniors. Guess what happened to the seniors? That's how many days seniors spend in a hospital or the disabled that shouldn't be there, alternate level of care days. These are wasted days in hospital. Suddenly the hospitals ended up being the seniors' facilities. Guess what that caused? A whole crisis in the emergency room, cancellation of all the surgeries. Uh, the ambulance crisis, the whole crisis is caused by seniors' housing, seniors' home care, seniors' community support program. If you actually invested in home care... It would, a hospital bed cost $438,000 a year in 2009. I don't have the latest data, but it's about half a million dollars a year. If you invested in home care, you'll actually save money and deliver better care. We have 500 seniors, actually 550 seniors, plugging out hospital beds right now as we speak. That's costing a quarter billion dollars a year alone and the whole cascade of delays in care. The delays in care are leading to other extra visits and unnecessary prescriptions. Healthcare used to be 12 billion, today it's 18.3, a 52% increase. Population has only gone up 14.5%. 
AHS spending is up 74% from the regions. 74% increase in AHS spending. We were said, told that this is going to save $7 million a year. It almost looks, bless you, it almost looks like it's costing an extra $2 billion a year going to one region. We have too many managers managing managers. The staff are demoralized. The private home care, long-term care model isn't working. I've given you the evidence. Longer waits, more suffering, more debt. That's what happens. If you can't manage health care, you can't run a government. It's the number one spending issue, 45 to 50%. Your government's going to go into debt, and they're going to cut every ministry, every program that actually keeps you healthy and out of the health system, they're cutting. So what's happening? People are ending up in the health system. You want to fix health care? It's literacy and education and community supports. That's how you fix health care. We don't need more money in AHS. The seniors are paying the price, and their grandchildren are paying the price. You're not being served. What's wrong with finances? We've talked about revenue, we've talked about spending, talked about management. I personally think it's all of the above. I think it's all of the above. <laughs> Liberal solutions, smarter government. Let's invest in, in the community, things that keep you healthy. Liberal solutions, let's take a balanced approach. There's a lot of royalties coming. Let's do a forensic audit of the current royalties. The royalty holiday is over. Let's deal with the environmental issues, get our pipelines to market. Let's upgrade our bitumen at home, and let's talk taxes. Let's start cutting taxes. Let's stop wasting money. We could save half a billion dollars a year. The Wildwoods did a good analysis of wasteful spending. We actually agree with them. Okay? We don't agree with them on everything, but we do agree in cutting wasteful spending. Better management of health care. I think we can save a billion dollars a year and get you better health care. I know we can, because I was there. Liberal solutions, taxes. Yes, we would bring in the progressive income tax. It won't raise a billion, but when you put money in the hands of working people, they can shop, buy a better house, buy a better car, eat out, have a bit of fun. That leads to spillover effect, small and medium-sized business, more jobs are created, they pay taxes, fuel social problems. That's how you raise an extra billion from progressive income tax. But put money in the hands of average working people. Corporate tax, we can do a little tweak and raise a billion. We do need a carbon tax because President Obama expect, and the Europeans expect us to take action on carbon so they can buy our product. We don't have dirty oil. We, have, we got oily dirt. <laughs> we got oily dirt, and we have to reduce the carbon footprint. We must get off of coal and focus on renewable energy. We need a market on renewable energy right here, clean, green energy. And Lethbridge, Lethbridge is doing it right. There's other money coming in. Uh, I won't go into the details, but there's lots of money coming in from other sources, from health transfers, from more people moving here and working. Um, the flood is going to cost us about $1.2 after the federal government pays. But, but the royalty holidays, there's lots of revenue coming in. We are filthy rich. Your money's just been wasted. It's been mismanaged. You're overtaxed. The top 1% aren't paying their fair share of the tax. We must stop tying the education of our children and the care of our sick and elderly and the funding of our municipalities to the price of a barrel of oil. The Alberta Liberal Plan is good public services. Let's balance the books. Let's save for the future. Restore trust and integrity and properly build Alberta. The real issue, my dear friends, moving forward, the real fundamental issues for a society are issues of inequality, justice, and fairness, 
credibility and integrity. This is the fundamental issue next election. It's about trust and integrity. There's too much inequality in this wonderful place. Too many working families are moving into poverty. Too many seniors are going to go into poverty. Poverty leads to poor health. Poverty and poor health leads to suffering. This is not the hallmark of a just society. This is what me, Dr. Swan, and the Alberta Liberal team strive to build, a fair and just society where we are all created equal. We should all have access, equal access to health care and education. And uh, it's okay to be rich, but don't forget where you came from. Thank you very much. I'm open to questions.